Okay, basically, we learned yesterday that God created light first because light is the goal of creation. Light was created first, not because there were any humans, animals, or vegetation that could benefit from it. The reason why light was created first was because, only because God was setting the goal for creation. That's why he created light first. The question is, we find that God said after day two, three, four, five of creation, and God saw it was good. The word goodness, as we find by Moshe Rabbeinu, when Moshe Rabbeinu was born, his mother said he saw he was good. What does good mean? He was full of, the house was full of light. So when it says in the Torah, God saw it was good, it means God saw the light that he brought to the world was good. How come God is saying on Monday that the light he brought to the world is good? How come he's saying that on Tuesday? He created the light on, on Sunday. How come every day of creation he says I, he saw it was good? The Torah says in day one, God saw the light was good. So when, it says, so when the Torah says God saw it was good on day two, it's also referring to the light. But there's no, the light was already created on day one. Especially considering the fact that God hid the light in the Torah. So why is he saying on every day of creation, he saw it was good, which, is, which really means he saw the light was good. The light was already hidden. What, what is he seeing? What does that mean? So the answer is like this. When you set a goal for something, there are two ways that affects you. The fact that you set a goal for something, that affects your initial approach to what you want to do. You have a certain goal, that affects your initial approach to whatever you're trying to do, number one. That's before you begin. You Before you begin, you know what your goal is, that's how you head towards that goal. Then there are all the details that you're going to be doing every single day to achieve that goal. It's important to always be conscious, at least in the back of your mind, of what you're trying to do. It's not sufficient that you know what your goal is at first. You have to also remember what the goal is. So at the time that you're, let's say you're, your, your goal is to make money in your business. So why you, you're getting a phone call, you have to focus on the phone call, but in the back of your mind, you know where you're going. You know this is about your bottom line. This is about, of course, you're not making any money. The Abisha gives you money, but you ha- you're trying to make a vessel for Shem's blessing. That's what you're trying to do. So the goal of what you're trying to do, and of course, if there's a deeper reason why you're working... <laughs> As a Jew, we're supposed to work for because the Abishter wants us to make the physical something spiritual. If that's guiding you, then, then that also affects how you answer the phone. And you look for opportunities while things are happening on your day-to-day level. Where is what is the able to you look for the Abishter? You look for you look for Hashem. That goal you have affects what you're doing. So there is initial thought before you your mission statement of life, let's say, or your mission statement of your business or what you're trying to do. And there is how that translates in the day-to-day level. Although on the day-to-day level you're focusing on the details, it doesn't mean you've completely forgotten about your goal. That goal that goal still is a guiding light for you. It's different to, you know, as Stephen Covey writes about how uh, this company, 
he wanted to give them a mission statement, so he went to a, a mountaintop, and they had this retreat, and they all had to relax, and then they spoke, and they were open, pool of dialogue, whatever. That's before you begin your goal. But then there is the nine to five in that same company, they're not, they're not, they're not on the mountaintop. But at the same time, that mountaintop experience guides them and, and illuminates their path of where they're, what they're trying to do and how they're going to get there. So, in a similar way, there is two kinds of light. There is initial goal of Hashem in creation, which in the language of Hasidus, there is the essence of light. God saw the light was good. Light meaning the very first initial light that was revealed on day one of creation. That's the goal of creation. The infinite light of Hashem that will be revealed when Mashiach will come. That was present and revealed when Hashem made the world. Then there is a little bit of that light that trickles into and permeates every other of God's nine statements that created various other things in the world. The godly light is what makes it possible that all of creation should reach its goal. The goal of all of creation is that all of creation should be transformed to light. So when God made day two of creation, God saw that it was good. What did God see? The light. But there was no light there. So God saw that what he had created would become light. And therefore, the word the Torah uses is good, not the word light, because the goodness, the light isn't yet revealed yet. That's just the goal. But right now, God's focusing on, let's say, on day two of creation, making the separation between the higher waters and the lower waters. So the focus is the action that God's doing. The light that this will eventually become is something that is, right now, only alluded to. It is what is powering God's creation. The reason why it will one day be possible, this today, on Friday, Erev Shaz Kesh Breshis, Tavshin Pei Aleph, why today all of creation will be transformed to good, Mashiach will come. Why is it possible? It's because God made the day two of creation with that light itself. So at the end of day two of creation, when God says he saw it was good, he saw the power that he imbued in day two of creation, which is the infinite light of Hashem, he saw that that was good. But the Torah doesn't use the word light because it wasn't light yet. It was just what powered creation. It wasn't the creation itself. Making any sense? There's creation itself, and there's what powers creation. There's what makes it possible. The reason why it's possible to transform everything into light, to transform everything into holiness, is because everything emanates from God's infinite light. So, God's infinite light, light that He revealed in day one of creation, although it's hidden after day one, it's not over with. It still guides God's subsequent creations. It's what, it's what makes all of creation directed towards it's what it's what all creation is about i'm making this too complicated it's very simple there is the initial goal of creation and then there is how that initial goal guides god's plan of day two three four and five of creation and that's why we could call day two of creation something good because it's also about the light of hashem Goodness means the light of Hashem. Day two of creation, something else is created. The separation of the higher waters and lower waters. Okay. But what is the purpose of day two? 
that they too should also be transformed to light. And therefore, there is something of that light of Hashem that is imbued in day two of creation as well. Does that make sense? Everyone get that or no? All right. So, in Kabbalah, it says that there are actually two explanations of what that light was that God made in creation, on the first day of creation. One explanation is that the first day of creation's light is the level called Keser, the level called the crown. Another explanation of that light is the level called Chesed, the level of kindness. So these two opinions are actually both talking about two different things. There is the way God's revelation was before he created everything else. That's Keser. Keser, the crown, just like by a human being, the crown is above your head. So too there is the light of Hashem that is above all of creation. Then there is the level of chesed, of kindness, which is the beginning of the spheres of Atsilus, the other subsequent spheres of Atsilus. But the, concerning chesed, the Zohar says, chesed is the motivator that guides all the other, that, that causes all the other spheres to exist. Because you want to do kindness, let's say in the example the Altar brings in letter number 15 in Tanya, the Altar speaks about a father who wants to share something with his son. And because he wants to share with his son, so then he he then he has to, he has to think is his son ready for it, then he has to do gvura to minimize it, and he has to go through all many different levels of contraction until he's able to finally have the right package to give his son. What motivates it all is this feeling of chesed he wants to give his son. So chesed is not the infinite light of Hashem that is beyond creation. Chomorcha wants me to meet somebody. One second, who is not muted over here? Dr. Bressman, here you go. No, it's not you. Oh, here you go. All right. So, so uh, there is initial infinite light of Hashem that precedes creation. That's Keser. Then there is a light of Hashem that permeates and, and is inside all the nine utterances of Hashem. That's the level of Chesed. It's not the higher infinite light of Hashem that's revealed in day one. It's a little bit of that, a miniature, a con- condensed, contracted version of that. That's Chesed. Now we can understand why the Zohar says that light and secret have the same numerical value. We asked before, a light is the opposite of a secret. A light means that you could see what's going on. A secret means that no one knows what's going on. So why do light and secret share the same numerical value? And the answer is like this. When you have a goal for something, your goal, where is your goal? Your goal is in your mind, your goal is in your head, your goal is in your thoughts. But... When will your goal be realized? When you finish. When before you finish, all of that goal is just in your head. It's just you have a vision of where you want things to be. No one else can see that. Whatever one else can see is just you're your doing stuff. You're answering the phone. You're, you're writing stuff. You're, you're calling. You're moving. You're meeting. But right now, you're doing all that stuff. Only you know it's because you have a goal in mind. Whatever, what does everyone else see? Everyone else just sees the stuff that you're, trying, that you're doing. But you have in your mind your vision of the end result. I think all this all will manifest and something amazing will happen. So while you're doing whatever you're doing, your goal is contracted. It's not 
overwhelming your consciousness. It's not. It's not overwhelming you. It's not practically. Uh, the phone is ringing. While the phone is ringing, you're not thinking, oh, I, I want to answer the phone because I want to um, do a deal. And I want to do a deal because I want to make money. I want to make money because I want to have money. I want to have money because I want to provide for my family. I want to provide for my family because I want to uh, bring ruchnius in the world. I want to bring spirituality in the world. Because that's why Hashem is me here. And by, if you do all that, the phone has long stopped ringing. Right, so you do have something in your mind, in your neshama, in your soul about why you're doing what you're doing, but that's only in the background of your mind. It's not, it's not, it, it, it's not um, flush in your consciousness. It's not revealed in your consciousness. It's something that's contracted. So it's a secret, and so too is this by, so to speak, Hashem. The goal of creation is the light of Hashem. The goal of creation is Mashiach will come, and therefore, the light of Hashem doesn't become revealed until the goal is is completed when that when all of the when all of the birurim when all of the refinement is completed as the rebbe says we've reached that stage and ready for mashiach to come so what happens then is is that the light of hashem is, is revealed right now but until that moment the light of hashem is revealed the goal of creation is hidden that's the meaning of why light and secret share the same miracle value because the goal of creation which is the light of Hashem where is that right now? where is that goal? it's hidden, it's not seen in the world the, just like my, my own personal goals you cannot see what my goal is it's in my head so to by the Abishter the Abishter has a goal for creation you just see what Hashem made you see the, 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 the stuff He made but you don't see the goal There's, there is a goal there but it's hidden, it's a secret the light and the secret are the same thing. Hashem's goal is the light, and right now, that's a secret. Everyone said that uh, there's a difference between the way the world was before Adam and Eve ate from the tree of knowledge and the way the world is after um, they ate from the tree of knowledge. I'll, I'll answer your question in a second. By the way, you ought to speak too. So the difference is, that um, before they ate from the tree of knowledge, the world was like a parable for godliness. After the um, after the sin of the tree of knowledge, the world no longer was a parable; it became a riddle. It became a, it became more of a you know like this, a riddle is a parable. You see, it's about something. It's about an analog, a secret. You got to figure that out. So the world is a Shem's goal. It's, it's a secret. It's a riddle. You have to find, to use your own neshama to figure it out. I want to actually tell you two stories uh, of examples of how this works. Hopefully we'll have time to end the class. I want to just cover the, the, the last two questions that addresses over here. And then we'll, hopefully I'll have time for the two stories. Oh no, don't turn off your screen just because I, I, I'm delaying answering your question. Okay, thank you. All right. Um, this is what the Gemara means when it says that Hashem hid the light. Hashem where did he hide it? Where do you hide the light? Doesn't first of all look at the word hide. Hide doesn't mean it's gone. Hide means that it's hidden. That means it's in the creation now as well. Because just like by your own goals, you have to be conscious of your goal the whole time. So to in the world, Hashem's goal is present, but it's hidden. Where is it hidden? It's hidden in Torah. What does it mean it's hidden in Torah? Hashem hid his light in Torah. Hashem hid his goal in Torah. What that means is 
The way Hashem's goal is realized is through Torah. Just like in everything that a person does, the goal is hidden until the until everything is done. But it's where is it hidden? It's hidden in what you're doing. In all the do, you know, I, I'm just thinking about those videos they make about like like these companies that grow and they make a video. Wow, look at this company made amazing stuff. So and they, what do they show to to, uh, to 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 highlight the amazing growth of the company? They show Yankel. Uh, and, and Yankel is, is, is by the cash register, and they saw Schmerl making a phone call, and they saw Laser, and they show all these little tiny little things that don't look, they look very far from the goal. But then they show you the whole video. Ah, that's what, they're, that's what they're working for. So in every single thing that you're doing, there is, the goal is hidden there. So too is this with the goal of creation, the infinite light of Hashem. When will the light of Hashem be revealed? Mashiach comes. But how will it be revealed? Because Yankel is doing a Pasuk in Zimbabwe, and Shmerl is giving Tzedakah in Alaska, and all of what everyone is doing, that brings the world along to its goal. That's the meaning of Hashem hiding the light in Torah. Hashem made it possible for us to achieve His goal because He put that light, He put the goal in the Torah. By doing Torah mitzvahs, we make that goal happen. What's the what's bottom line? What's the lesson for us? Let, it be, let there be light is the goal of every creature in this world. Hashem wants each of us to elevate our share in the world and transform it to light. And until the light of Hashem doesn't illuminate the world until that happens even though you have maybe succeeded in your own personal world to distance darkness and evil you haven't fulfilled the goal yet because the goal is of creation isn't isn't just that there shouldn't be negative even if you've banished darkness from your surroundings that's not the goal the goal isn't just that there shouldn't be the negative there shouldn't be darkness the goal is mainly that we should transform darkness to light. The people of Chelm had a question. The question was, what is greater, the light of the sun or the light of the moon? They have a question. Why did the sun light the moon? They discussed this for two and a half years. They couldn't figure it out. Finally, after two and a half years, they came to the conclusion. The light of the moon is better. Why? What's a big deal? The sun shines during the daytime. <laughs> the light of the moon, that's a kunst. So that's all goal of an neshama coming to the world. Not just shouldn't be darkness. The goal is that there should be light to reveal Hashem's presence here. I say to do good stuff. And there's an order to how this is done. Number one, just like when Hashem made the world, Hashem set the goal for creation. And number two, every day of creation, there was that light still permeated and inculcated everything that Hashem made. So too in our lives. As soon as you wake up in the morning, you have to say, let there be light. How do you say, let there be light? Not just that when you wake up in the morning, the Rebbe says, every hour. Because Hashem creates the world anew every moment. So, every hour, every day, you become a new creature. And the first thing you have to do when you set up your, has to be carved into our mind. The Rebbe uses Yiddish words of your, that has to be carved into your mind, that has to be a given to you. That the whole reason you're doing anything, is let there be light to reveal, to reveal godliness in the world. That's the whole reason you're, you're, you're waking up in the morning. Why are you waking up? Let there be light to reveal Hashem in the world. 
and then you get and after you have this this paradigm you know etched into your consciousness and etched into your psyche then you can start getting doing getting stuff done and besides that you also have to make a special effort that the goal should be felt in whatever you're doing it shouldn't just be something that you know in the beginning of your day it should be every hour and every detail that you're doing you have to take an effort to call on what are you working for I have the two stories, and I probably only have time for one of them. But I'm going to show another time playing that both of them. But before we do, I just want to conclude the, the, the end of the talk of the Rebbe. I don't want to end it. I just want to begin it. Okay, I want to, I want to just bring it home. The Rebbe's last ois, nice test. Uh, sorry, last two oasis. <laughs> just as all of creation, its purpose is light so too is this the purpose of darkness. The goal of the creation of darkness is not just that we should choose light over darkness, rather the goal is we should transform darkness to light. But a person might say, a person might think, how can I possibly, you guys turned off your screen, does that mean you guys are doing karbonas already? It's okay, I can still see you are doing karbonas, it's all right. In order that a person should not think, how can I possibly transform the darkness in my life to Kedusha? How can I possibly do this? So the Abish tells us the first Pasuk in the Torah. What's the first Pasuk? I only made the world Bereshis. What's Bereshis mean? I only made the world for the sake of Torah and Yiddishkeit. And since I only made the Torah for the sake of, of since I only made the world for the sake of Torah and Yiddishkeit, of course you're always able to bring it home. You're always able to transform whatever it is to goodness and kindness and holiness because that's what it's there for. And here's a story. Two stories. Okay, fine, I'll tell you one. It's later, later already. Chumarcha, you still, you still there? You get to choose. You, you, you're at past 7 o'clock, you get to choose. Are we doing the Holocaust story or are we doing the I- I- Italy story? What year was the Italy story? Um, about 20 years ago, I think. I'm not sure. Okay. There's an incredible um, story that was shared by the Kinsar Shluchas last year. I think it's Mrs. Benon from, from Venice. Uh, she, she has an incredible story. She came to her Chabad house, and it was Yom Kippur. And she sees, you know, their, their Chabad house is pretty open. They have all these tourists visiting all the time. And she sees this girl sitting by the computer in the Chabad house on Yom Kippur. Checking your emails, and going on the internet. Okay, I guess it wasn't 20 years ago. It must have been much more recently. There wasn't, there wasn't internet 20 years ago, was there? Anyways, so um, so so uh, she's she, she's there on, on the on the computer, and she says to her, "Hi, how are you? Oh, nice to meet you." She had no idea like this was the this was the you know the the director of this the center. How are you? Hi, you want to come join me in the synagogue? We're going to have this um this uh, we're going to get together soon. Uh, and we're going to have a gathering. You want to join us? Uh, sure, what's going on? She realized this girl had no idea that it was Yom Kippur. And she also knew that the moment she finds out it's Yom Kippur, she's going to be devastated, and she's going to be very hurt. And she's not going to be able to... Um, she's not going to be able to, uh, to, to to live with herself, even though she may not be religious, but everyone knows, Yom, especially in Israel, Yom Kippur is the day, Yom Kippur is a special day. And, and, and so when the girl asked her, 
what, what's happening today? Why are we going, what, what, what's the gathering about? So she says to her, today is the best day that you and I could meet. This is the best day possible for you and I to meet. And she said, okay. And they started walking to the synagogue. And she says to the girl, and there's going to be a party soon after the prayer. The, the party to break the fast. And the girl, like, oh my, she suddenly cried and she felt terrible. She didn't know it was Yom Kippur. She missed the whole Yom Kippur. But since the this Mrs. Banan had 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 given this message to her so gently and so wonderfully, and 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 she 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 told her, I've got the most important line. She said, "Since this is the best, you should know the end of Yom Kippur is the most precious part of Yom Kippur, and it, by praying now, you're able to capture the essence of Yom Kippur right now, in the way you can, in the way you can't the entire Yom Kippur." She put herself into that ne'ilah, that final prayer from Kippur, like never did before. And Mamish, she, she, a revolution in her own life, she became observant in, in Judaism and married and has children. Why I'm mentioning the story of is that in order to be able to have the wherewithal, to, to be able to say to this girl, seeing her in the Chabados, eating on Yom Kippur, unchecking the computer, and, and, and saying to her, it's the best day for us to meet. She had to be really conscious of what she was doing in this, what she's doing as a as a as as a shlucha the Rebbe, what what her what she's about, what her point, point what the point is. Otherwise, you know, she's hungry, she's tired. This the fast is almost over. What is this girl breaking in and entering into the, into the Chabad center? Why is she checking the computer? But no, she 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 knew what it was about. She knew there was divine providence. She knew Hashem guided her. That she was conscious of what the goal was, and therefore she was able to like you know go jump out of the whole situation and 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 to hit that ball out of the park and help this neshama. Not just to, not not just not to feel bad, but to help her come home to Hashem and Yom Kippur and 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 for forever. And that's what I'm to share today. Any questions, comments, criticism? Story number two. <laughs> you have time for story number two? I don't think so. All right, we'll do story number two in a little in the next class, God willing. Uh, have a great day, Dr. Resmi. Huh? We're gonna do eight thirty. Is this tomorrow? No, tomorrow is Tomorrow is Tilim. Shabbos Oh yeah. But speaking speak of Shabbos, the Shtal Zechavek, the way the Shabbos goes, the whole year goes. We've got to go with this attitude, let there be light. That's the whole point of why Neshama is in this world, to have that perspective. So the way you approach the Shabbos, the way the whole year has to go, you have to have the perspective. What are we doing here? We're here for one reason, that they reveal the Eibishter's light in the world. L'chaim, l'chaim, should see Mashiach now, to the light of Hashem, envelop the world right away. It's, this is the time. Okay, a good Shabbos. Good Shabbos. Good Shabbos, David. Good Shabbos, Dr. Breslin. Shabbos, Shabbos. Shabbos.